Hello, and thank you for listening to Let the Right Films In. We are normally your podcast on the IMDb 250, but as it is the greatest time of year, we're taking some time in our bonus episodes to talk about... Spooky, <laughs> scary, and skeletony. <laughs> All movies spooky, scary, skeletony, and sometimes truly deeply upsetting to our very core. With me today, with us today, is our Mr. Robot co-host, Kyle Minton. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for this episode. <laughs> it should be noted that Kyle suggested this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get, into we'll it. get to that. We'll get to it. Yeah, I'm sorry. And that, the other voice you hear is my co-host, Kayla St. Ange. What up? And usually I introduce myself first, but because we're not using names, I totally missed everything and did it backwards. I'm Tyler Hannon. I'm your host today. And uh, fair warning up at the top. We're discussing Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And uh, just as real life uh, serial killers are very upsetting and you probably wouldn't want to hang out with one, uh, this episode is going to feature a discussion of various uh, grisly violence on women and sexual violence and incest and rape and might make you not feel great for the rest of your day. So it's visual garbage. It's (laughs) if that sounds good. (laughs) There's a lot Buckle up. of stuff in this movie. <laughs> that is true. I will say, to actually sell this episode, this will cause us to discuss why we like horror and what this kind of how this makes us uh, come to grips with uh, our relationship with horror. But first, Kyle, as always, we start with the guests and ask them why they recommended this movie. <laughs> so, Kyle, this is a gritty. Oh. 1986 film filled on a $110,000 budget that is a grisly, not at all fun, very upsetting portrayal of a superhero superhero team? No, no. <laughs> of a no. super of a super terrible <laughs> team of uh, serial murderers and tell us Kyle. Why? <laughs> Well, you, you gave me a list of films I couldn't pick, and this, for whatever reason, was the one that came to mind, if you want my honest answer. I, I do... Hmm. I wouldn't say that I like this film. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't, uh, for reasons that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into. But I do think it has a lot of merit, and when I watched it at the time, I thought that this was a movie that clearly... You know, there are horror movies that entertain, and then there are horror movies that actually do the job of being horror. And I think this is very much in the latter category, and I think it's actually very successful at it. Whether or not you want to watch it is a completely valid argument that I'm sure we'll get into, but I think it is very unsettling, and it struck me for that that reason when I originally watched it. That does make me think of uh, Ty West's last movie, The Sacrament, which I described to people as horrifying. That is kind of... I, I do feel that's kind of the place you have to go to appreciate this movie. Kayla... Uh, we watched the movie together. You had very strong reactions uh, to this 1986 cult classic. Yeah. That comes highly recommended <laughs> by certain horror mavens. You know... Tell us. All right. So I think I had known about this movie before because when I worked at the video store, the only website that we had access to was IMDb. So there's a lot of times where I would just like go through and end up reading a lot about movies that I either didn't have access to see or like didn't really want to see because like the more I think about it the more I feel like it's a very familiar story but overall my main impression of the movie is 
confusion because I don't really feel like anything happens or well it's just lot, a okay, portrait lots of things happen but i don't feel that we're given the tools to really analyze what happens or dwell on what happens because we're we're transported so quickly between scenes and between victims and we get these like very small glimpses into i guess what henry is like as a person outside of being a serial killer and I guess the title is pretty accurate because it literally is just a portrait, a vignette in this guy's life before he moves on to go do more murder. But I feel like given um, like the scraps of background information that were given, the way that we are almost inclined to see Henry as a sympathetic person with his dealings with Becky... I I feel like somewhere there was just like a mark missed. Like we had an opportunity to explore, like you said, to explore that duality of man where we have serial killer, but like also he saves her, but you know, then the ending. And so I just, I don't know. I came away feeling very confused, very upset and wondering like, if you're not going to take the time to explore what's happening or to delve into maybe even just like a little bit of a motive besides I my mom was a whore it seems to me just kind of an exercise in seeing how far that we can go on camera how far we can test like an audience's willingness to sit through something as opposed to like really exploring a serial killer or their motives I suppose that's kind of I I find myself being the one in between you two on this, or maybe I don't. I feel I don't feel like we're all on opposing sides. But I haven't got to my <laughs> position yet, so. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, <laughs> Kyle, the staunch defender and uh, yeah, long time, <laughs> long this time fan. Uh, so I think Henry is the movie is in a interesting place. That I'm intrigued in, that I think needs to exist, but I don't think I don't know that this movie is the one to do it. Because I've done some, I I felt conflicted watching the movie too. Uh, there was there were glimpses of things I thought were interesting, whether it be either the lapsing of his memory or him just lying about how he lied about how he killed his mother or the relationship and kind of the tug between uh, having a better life, a normal life with this girl, and just you know he kills serious he kills people in his spare time like some people play video games or i make gifts or whatever anything like that but uh, and um when you read up on it a lot of the uh more positive stuff on this talks about how it lives in the place where so many other 80s movies are fun slashers or like if they're horrifying slashers there's still that element where the movie either outright or sur- either outright wants you to root for the killer or portrays it in a way where it wants you to root for the killer whereas this is something that shows you these killers are actually horrifying their crimes are horrifying what the hell are you doing being delighted by them i just don't feel like this uh and maybe maybe it worked a lot better in the 80s than it does now but the critical reception seems to be growing with time but i i just don't think it's necessarily very good at anything except being upsetting i feel i feel like it touches on these interesting things but uh it it does not go out of its way to explore any of them well i I don't think we get a lot of budget horror films that use their schlockiness 
to their advantage. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of what we get with horror is we get horror that we can either make fun of and laugh at, or horror that is just wholly unsuccessful. And I feel like this is a weird aberration of the two, almost. I mean, it, it is such an an elegant movie. I mean, there's no gloss to any of it, really, just from the way that it looks, from the way that it's paced. I mean, the opening scene of like cutting back between the the merge of the the different waitresses and his traveling through Chicago, uh, like there's almost a style to how it has no style uh, in a in a way, and it, it there is something not compelling because again, like I don't I, f- I didn't feel happy watching the movie the second time, I didn't feel happy watching it the first time. I did feel like it had value though. And so it is a weird place for a movie to be. Like, I can't imagine anyone watching this and, like, leaving feeling happy, you know. And so if you go into horror wanting to be entertained, then I don't think that Henry Portrait's serial killer is going to do that for you in any regard, regardless of where you are, even if you're in the human centipede side of things, right? I mean, because because it is schlocky in a lot of ways, in the way it's paced and some of the effects. Um, and just the violence is crude in a way that doesn't feel... Not just not just glamorized, and I, I don't want to say realistic, but it has this really. It, it reminds me a lot of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, th- I mean, this this movie and and that one, I think, kind of go hand in hand, and I do, and I really like that one as well. And so I think I just felt naturally attracted to this for a lot of the same reasons as I like uh, Chainsaw. Um, that said definitely not an enjoyable watch i just think that there's like a black heart of horror that isn't often uh explored i mean because we either like poke fun of it or we glamorize it or stylize it in a way that's compelling and to see it kind of stripped away and and so bare and so ugly you know i think that there is something that like i can't help but not look away from even if i find you know 95 percent of it to be just completely abhorrent and as far as like the plot revelations like i wouldn't yeah like this movie's not it's loosely based off of henry lee lucas i guess was a a real serial killer and the character of otis was also was a i guess a male prostitute that he did do a series of killings with and so it seems like the fictionalized version of events here um it just makes it all surreal and none of it really makes sense in terms of plot so yeah it's, it's not i don't i don't really think it's a movie about that per se yeah, I would, I don't know, I feel like this is one of those movies that kind of, like you said, it goes hand in hand with Texas Chainsaw because it's very much overwhelmingly grim and dark and hopeless, I guess. It reminds me, it, it makes me, I guess I would rank it probably, maybe not even with Texas Chainsaw, but more with like Cannibal Holocaust and things that are just very much, um, definitely more like not even I can't even say style over substance because I can't even say that it particularly has style. The, I guess. the anti-style not. of this is kind of the point. Yeah. That is yeah. one of the few things I liked is that mm-hmm. it was mostly because it had no budget, but it really worked. It's just like, oh, this is just a grimy, drab, Yeah, it's just one of those life. things where it's very much just, it, it feels so strung together and just done by the seat of everybody's pants yeah. that I kind of, like, it's... Like, I have a weird respect for it because it's like, I guess they really did it. They pulled it off. But at the same time, I struggle to find, I get, I struggle to find the the value in it because I can't see outside of being like the most shocking, like where, like where the critical acclaim comes from, because it doesn't have a good plot. It doesn't have particularly good effects. It doesn't have good pacing. Uh, It doesn't even really have like good 
violent scenes. I mean, well, I don't know. In a, in a way, like, they're just, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I struggle with the entire experience of having seen this because the entire time I was just so, like, repulsed, I guess it's, is the best way to put it. Well, because, well like, I guess, for, let me ask, is that struggle, the kind of struggle that you have with, like, oh, this movie is bad, or you struggle with just not knowing how to, like, what to do with it? I, think I, I guess I, I, guess I just struggles. don't know what to do with it because I don't like I don't think it's technically bad. It's just really horrifying. See, I think I think <laughs> that's why I chose. Like... I, I think that's why I chose it because rather than like being just blanketly awful like Hannibal Holocaust, I think this actually does like fit like a weird in between space. And not knowing what to do with it is kind of how I feel about it. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I, I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't like watching it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like a better person for having watched it, but I definitely <laughs> thought a lot about it afterward and it fits in my horror lexicon in a very particular and specific place that, you know, whereas I can ease more easily group other movies. Yeah, for me, horror has always been about, like, the lasting effect. I think that an effective movie, an effective horror movie, is one that sticks with you and one that, like, kind of stays in the back of your mind. And that's how I feel about, like, a lot of movies that are very different than this. Like, Blair Witch, for example, is one that I, like, I still, from time to time, will, like, I'll, if I'm out in nature, I'm like, hmm, I could die right now. (laughs) Or, like, It Follows, which I still have, like, pretty regular nightmares about even though like with repeated watchings I don't think the movie holds up as well but I think it's all about kind of that lasting psychological effect and that's what makes a good horror movie over anything else this almost functions as both more and less of a horror movie in that it can only really be appreciated in context with movies in general and horror specifically it's almost like when I watch a bad movie I'm sometimes glad to watch a movie that's just actively really terrible or like an experiment of some sort or something that is not meant to entertain like this it almost helps you deal with how you uh like your relationship with movies in general how you view them and it's almost more of a of like a function a, a critical critical exercise yeah it's almost like a critical exercise to kind of evolve how you appreciate movies and how you kind of parse them out well yeah like when you watch only like the same types of movies you kind of end up in your own singular echo chamber which is why like so recently i went this is kind of off topic but like recently uh i went with a friend to see the magnificent seven in theaters which is not a movie i would ever ever in my life choose to like pay money to go see and ended up liking it more than I thought I would but it's like one of those things where you kind of get so caught up in like this is the kind of movie that I like and all other movies that are not this kind are not good or are not worth it and so I think that when you have a movie like this or any other movie that kind of challenges that it makes you appreciate maybe the kind of movies you do like and also widens your horizons a little bit yeah to me like if I don't know I'm not surprised if this ends up on criterion in a way if you know what i mean like that like drab pacing and not really know what to think of it like kind of abstract not morality because it, it definitely is uh dark in its heart I, I think but but since it point it pokes you to ask so many questions about it it sort of has that um kind of that that wandering vibe that that you know some criterion releases have which is not necessarily means that it's a fun watch at all uh so well and i think art is meant to be challenging 
overall. And so that's where, that's why I kind of like, as much as this movie upset me, I can't like really completely write it off because it did, like it, it was challenging and it was difficult to watch, but it like, I, yeah, I don't know. And it's fascinating <laughs> because it actually, it could go in like various places if it wanted, it could, you know, it could go to uh, exploring white poverty or to exploring white paranoia of inner city. I mean, you got like the hairdresser worried about like, I just can't take my, my kids anywhere, Yeah, uh, which are topics I- that come up today, but you know, it just doesn't do anything with it. I think that's what's so weird about this movie is that it, like, it wanders so close to all of these, like, I guess, actual issues or just even, like, it it always feels like it's about to dive into something and then it pulls back just short of it and it's like, anyway, here's more murder. It feels (laughs) incidental when it touches on some of those things, more so so than an actual uh, intentional portrayal that, touches on all these different really, aspects of life it super makes me think of like a poor man's version of a Pasolini movie because Pasolini films are incredibly upsetting you have like um Salo or the 120 days of Sodom which is kind of similar to this and which is just a lot of gross violence happening to young people at the hands of like the bourgeoisie or whatever but it's meant to be a social commentary on Italy at the time that the film was made so like I feel like there's a divide between movies like that where we have those deeper meanings and a movie like this where they're kind of just like, well, we here you go. Like, it isn't a commentary at all. Yeah, it's... it just happened. And and I guess that's, again, why I feel like the title is so very apt. It literally is just like, well, we put this together. Here is your view into this guy's life. <laughs> it's very anti-cinematic in that way. That's why it almost, like, it is more important than a lot of the other horror movies I would would like rank over it or watch instead of it or you know any other measure you have but it it's this is kind of just like coming to grips with it and what it is like but <laughs> yeah it just kind of leaves you at a loss for words and upsets you and i don't i don't think it does it doesn't leave me upset in the same way as like texas chainsaw massacre i think the sexual violence gives it a very certain like um it gives it a different almost dimension than some of those other movies, which are more just about violence and being upsetting. Like the sexual violence in this gives it almost, it, it, it ups the ante even more to the point where I'm not just upset. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm horrified and in the very just wondering, sense of the word. Yeah. yeah like very, very much horrified and wondering why am I watching this? Like, why am I watching this with other people? Uh, yeah super fun my brother and his girlfriend were on the couch like watching this with us and my brother was just like man like halfway through he's like man this movie has a lot of rape in it i'm (laughs) sorry i'm sorry (laughs) no it's okay i just it's fine like i I didn't honestly think of that aspect of the movie when i thought of it i i i just from my my memories of last year watching it it was like oh this is an incredibly bleak film there's an incredibly strange watch it would be interesting to dissect it and then as i was watching it i was like oh right yeah this is why it's bleak yeah like kayla's going to murder me on yeah i I, I did feel really it's like a more advanced it's like a more advanced version of when i rewatched history of violence when i first seen it i was much younger did not remember the cronenberg parts rewatching it you realize oh these are the things that make it a cronenberg movie i don't know i just i guess i think henry serves a purpose but it's not like a higher purpose and Mm -hmm. doesn't really it has a point but not much of one i don't know it it has a function i guess i'd say it has a function well i feel like and i also i think it's interesting that when 
thinking about the movie in retrospect that the sexual violence was something that didn't immediately come to mind. And I think it's interesting how we all consume things differently because like that is the part of the movie that I will not ever probably forget. And I think it's interesting too, because I, I often struggle with like, I guess publicly declaring myself like uh, maybe not a horror aficionado, but I, horror is one of my favorite genres. We talk like we watch scary movies all the time. It's something that I'm constantly seeking out. And I, I, I have to struggle with that a lot of the time because so much of this genre is based on violence against women, whether it's sexual or just straight up murder or whatnot. And so much of it feels focused on punishing women for just being, you know, like normal people. Like, I mean, obviously Henry's mother is a bad person that abused him and whatnot. So like, to me, that motive makes sense. However, it seems to me that almost every other woman that he's gone after is a waitress, like a suburban mom, like, yes, a prostitute, but a prostitute is generally somebody who's just trying to, you know, make money in the way that they know that they can, like sex workers are people too. But serial killers don't think in that way. I know. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> well, I was... I, I mean, and, and I know that, but it's just, it, it's something that is really hard for me to come to terms with, like declaring myself as a fan of a genre that seems so focused on hurting and punishing women. Yeah. You know, like just for being people in a way. And it's something that like, it happens in Halloween. It happens in like i mean we have a whole trope on it like the final girl is the smart one who isn't a slut basically right. you know there's a lot of horror in humanity and a, and it, it almost seems sounds like like well not sounds like you're saying it is in fact disproportionately focused on that part which yeah. is like male issues with sexuality and women and, mm-hmm. and, and I, do, I do feel that the the film's complete lack of style and enthusiasm in almost any direction makes it very hard for me to even for a second confuse that the film is empathizing or asking us to like uh, feel anything but absolute distaste and hatred for what we're seeing. And in some ways that I, I feel that other movies do confuse that. I mean, Hannibal Lecter is the is the genius and, and et cetera, et cetera. It continues on. And they're 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 painted as you know as, as Tyler accidentally said as a superhero of violence, <laughs> and I didn't feel that like Otis is Otis is just belligerent and an awful human being, and at, or you know he is he's awful to look at, you know I hate to say that, but you know and and so I mean and so is Henry in many ways. He's a very inelegant speaker and uh, clearly a liar, and from the very start we're meant to see like oh he is just going around you know, ruthlessly murdering before we're introduced to his character at all. So I do, I do never feel like, even though all of your, all of your complaints are entirely valid, I'm just at least thankful that the film never feels like it's pushing me to root for the, the success of Henry um, in some ways that horror does. And that's one of the things that gave it its stature, especially in the eighties, because many of those movies were, it's just, well, like, yeah, it's like we have people with pinhead tattoos and like, you know, stuff like that, where we very much, end up on the side of the villain and that is like the i think again uh, you're right that is the plus of this movie that we're not ever like well i feel that there's a lot of unnecessary like glorification Do we of need violence to go so far yeah this? well i feel like yeah. there's a lot of unnecessary like pushing the button but i also don't feel like we're like we're ever meant to be like ah yes <laughs> like do that murder that kid you know like it's just yeah it's very much just kind of dumped on us as like 
again, here it is. <laughs> just, there you go. Even killing Otis turns into, oh, now we see him dismember Otis in the tub. And this is, no, I'm still, uh, still pretty fucked up. Uh, <laughs> screw the bears, am I right? Fuck the bears. Like so many small things where it could have gone that it doesn't. Like Henry is is like one certain type of serial killer, and Otis is a very different one. Mm -hmm. And it's Henry enables him, but also kind of creates a monster that even he can't stand in a way. But that's just another small thing that's only not even hinted at that occurs. Though it feels like a lot of this, a lot of parts in the movie, which might not be giving service to the writers, just occurs because of the kind of movie they were making and what they had available to them, and less so as intentional, uh, in intentional moments. Yeah, and I also think it's kind of telling that pretty much everyone involved with this movie felt really bad about it later. <laughs> like, uh, I, reading in the trivia, it looks like a lot of people who were involved in it watched it once and then never cared to see it again which like i guess isn't a complete like that makes sense to me <laughs> <laughs> i mean most of them probably didn't know about the incest rape scene and other sordid elements <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i guess <laughs> yeah if, if i was if i was showing if i was introducing someone to horror this would not be on the list of films that I would show. Oh, no. I think this, yeah, I think this is very much like advanced horror. Yeah, yeah. it's like a horror movie for uh, people who are really invested in horror, and that's why you see it come up on lists. Like, it, it only really comes up on very specific horror lists that are by people who know a lot about horror, and this has really informed kind of how they see the genre. Mm -hmm. I think, it, and, and again, it has its place. It has... No. It's notoriety and it's, you know, it kind of introduces us to this low budget, you know, I guess try hard kind of filmmaking, if that makes sense. Kyle, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, I really don't think that this needs to be on your curriculum of, of horror. If you're if you're super into horror, I just feel like the world is such a large place. You know, there's so many <laughs> nations doing horror films. I don't think that you need to go to the little tiny Chicago horror and see a bunch of rape you know i just i don't um i don't think that i get a lot of value out of this movie uh again it was just something that popped in my head and i do think it is a fascinating movie to discuss just because it is such a such a bizarre little thing i and i think it really there's definitely like reading through the reviews on imdb there's a very specific kind of person who considers this like the pinnacle of genius horror filmmaking. Right. And that is the kind of person that I don't ever want to be associated yeah, there's with. There's a difference between <laughs> appreciating it and considering it some great achievement, I guess. And if I, I were to recommend a movie to, to a, even a movie that challenges people who think they're horror fans and causes them to kind of come to terms with kind of evolve how they look at horror. I, we've already mentioned them like, Cannibal or not Cannibal Holocaust? Not that. <laughs> Please don't watch that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the Do Sacrament. not watch Cannibal Holocaust. You know, yes, other uh, like there, there are other more sterling examples. Well, and it. I think another issue with this is that while this movie is engaging and interesting in a way, I think it also kind of gives way to it. It kind of paves the way for a lot of movies that aren't interesting and are just trying to be as awful as possible. Like we no. have like Poughkeepsie tapes, a Serbian film, like stuff that don't look those up. <laughs> that was one of the worst mistakes I've ever made. You'll just, end up on a list. Trust me, you don't want to know 
the Wikipedia page was more than enough. Well, but... you're already just giving them too much information. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I think that this is the kind of movie that leads to those kinds of movies where we have this sheer, utter, disgusting like example of the dregs of humanity just throwing things onto film to see like what is the worst thing we can commit to. Poor film. imitations by people who appreciate it for what we would consider the wrong reasons. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, fun. It's You're welcome for the fun. cheery little episode. <laughs> and I, I think it is important to talk about like movies that we don't necessarily like or agree with on the podcast from time to time. Because again, like I said, I feel like oftentimes you can get caught up in your own echo chamber of just like, this is good. This is great. We love this. And this so, is bad. It should go away forever. Exactly. It's good to discuss things that are hard from time to time. And like, obviously no one is obligated to listen this to us do that. This was a very but... difficult 82 minute watch. <laughs> yeah. And I, again, I don't think I would necessarily recommend that anybody watch it. No. Unless you are really feeling like a masochist <laughs> but maybe we just consider the different realms of horror yeah and again like i and i think it's inter- it, it again brings back like the what it means to call yourself a fan of horror and like all of the implications that come with that i really wish i'd had time to rewatch leslie vernon uh behind the mask the rise of Le- leslie vernon which is like which is a mockumentary form of this about a serial killer <laughs> and it seems like maybe a little more fun but i cannot actually compare that to this in any way because i haven't seen that in years <laughs> i would say that if you listen to this episode and feel bad afterwards or if you deign to watch this movie and feel bad afterwards you should do what we did mm. and we watched clue immediately afterwards and <laughs> all was well in the world again <laughs> We even converted Ben into a Clue fan who <laughs> good, yeah. sat through five minutes and thought it was corny. And I said, you watch your mouth and <laughs> you wait. Will, you, will, you will wait and you will appreciate what is happening. <laughs> did you watch the VHS version with like different endings or what? The... Well, it was on DVD, but yes, it does have it does have all of the different endings at okay, the Okay, cool. All right, good. <laughs> it's the only proper way to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, that, that has been Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I don't think you should necessarily apologize. Again, yeah. I think it again it is good to have these kind of difficult discussions in a trusted environment with friends that are close to you. <laughs> and and will understand and have a discussion. Is this an intervention? Did you No, oh my god. No. Oh, okay. Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. But thank you guys for inviting me. Yes, of course. So, uh, we will be continuing our Halloween bonus episode extravaganza. We have several things lined up in the next week or two, so we'll probably be releasing those at a little bit more of a staggered rate, obviously. But just know that there are things in the works to be excited about and to keep up to date on all of those things. The best thing that you can do is follow us on Twitter, which is at LTRFIPod. You can, if you are interested in being on an episode, whether it be a bonus episode or a regular episode, you can email us at ltrfipod at gmail.com. Uh, we are in the process of rebuilding our newsletter, which... Oh, it's, it's going. It's going. It's been like three weeks in a row It's now. happening, yeah. So you can subscribe to that at tinyletter.com slash ltrfi. And as always, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and all of your favorite podcatcher apps such as Stitcher, Podbay, and Overcast. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, that has been this fun little bonus episode. We will see you again quite soon. And we'll be back with something that is exactly the opposite of this next. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck the bears. <laughs>